It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, the NBA is back. There were curious rotation decisions, terrible performances, big performances on Thursday. We're going to go through all nine games, waiver wire trends as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com. Dot com slash locked on. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There's nine games on. We're back in the NBA. I feel like I'm going to have a lot to talk about. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Some good news for Devin Vassell. Although the bad news is he still plays for the Spurs. But the good news is they are targeting a return March 2nd, so next week. Now, he will come back and be really limited in minutes. He'll be come back and be limited in games played. And there'll be bullshit injuries all over the place. But that the fact that he is returning and it is happening next week puts a dampener on the hype train that is surrounding Malachi Branham. Hurts Devontae Graham. But of course, if they just keep sitting guys like uh, Trey Jones and Jeremy Sohan out, there's going to be lots of ins and outs. But if Vassell was on my wire, I'd... I'd probably look at adding him, even though it probably will be rocky to start things off. Unfortunately, no um, timetable for Andy Wiggins. He missed today's game, so I would expect that if there's no timetable today, then he won't play tomorrow. They started John Kaminga in today's game. We'll talk about that game when we recap it later on, but that helps the value of DiVincenzo with Steph still out as well, helps the value of Kaminga in that scenario. If it's a Zubats is out tomorrow, so that means the Cockroach Mason Plumley will probably get a start. I think also, indirectly, that helps Russell Westbrook, if Westbrook does play, because it's one non-shooter out of the rotation. And that's the way that he can have success. I'm not even sure that they even necessarily replace Zubats' minutes fully in the rotation. Maybe you get a little bit of Bob Covington in there. But I don't think we're getting... You know, Plumley might play 26 minutes and you get 10 or so out of Covington. But what I think it does, it just enables them to go smaller with Morris at center, Batum at center, and honestly, Westbrook at center in some lineups as that non-shooter. So that might be beneficial to Russ in tomorrow's game. And then there was a report, I think it was from Christian Winfield, talking about the Nets rotation, and it was pretty troubling. I don't know. Like I tried to read through it. He got some background stuff in there as well. But basically what that rotation article said was that He thinks that Cam Thomas and Ben Simmons will not be in the rotation, which was pretty wild to me. I think there was some passing of comments that Vaughn said about who his backup center was. He said his backup centers were Watanabe and Dayron Sharp. 
He said his backup point guard was Seth Curry, which means there's no place for Ben Simmons. And he also said that he was talking about Cam Thomas being in and out of the rotation um, because of the players there. So they'd run a bench lineup of O'Neal, of Curry, of Watanabe, of Harris, and of Sharp, which puts Thomas out of there. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen. That was the implication. That, that wasn't the implication. Christian flat out said that, that Thomas and Simmons will be out of the rotation. That was his... Um, takeaways from that discussion with Vaughn. But at the very least, they're going to have limited roles. And we already know Ben Simmons has dropped. And I think, yeah, in 25 minutes, Cam Thomas can be a 12-team league player, but he does very little else. And we know that he needs big volume and big percentages to make sense of it. So how they fit Curry, Harris, Yuta, Royce, Sharp, Thomas, Simmons, like to, they are going to cut that rotation down. And it might be Cam and it might be Ben that's out of that. So we just have to be ready for that, for tomorrow's game, and it gives us something extra to pay attention to. But that was a New York basketball reporter, who I think Christian covers the Nets and the Knicks, that his takeaway was Cam and Ben will be out of the rotation. Let's wait and see on that. But all I'm just giving you is an advance warning to not be surprised when it happens. Let's look at some waiver wire stuff. Um, most added player, Malik Monk, up 16% over the last 24 hours. He's off the injury report. He'd been playing really well. Not sure I needed to go that crazy in terms of adding him, but they did. No, because no one else really got added at all. Malachi Brannon was up 5%. That helps that Trey Jones and Sohan were out today. And of course, Bissell's still out. I still have my worries about Brannon as a long-term category league player for this season, but yeah, fine. Shaden Sharp up 4%. We'll talk about that game later on and, and Sharp's value with the absence now of Anthony Simons, although we don't really know based on today's game because of the other absences that were there. Kyle Anderson up 4%. Yep, easy. He should have been added anyway. Pig Williams, three starts in a row for him. I'm still worried a little bit about minutes consistency with him and Kenridge and Sharich um, getting playing time there, but he's pushing at least to be in the discussion to be streamed, and that's what he was today. D-Line right up 3%, especially if Beal is out tomorrow. Should be a good role for D-Line. I like that. Cam Reddish up 2%, and Josh Richardson up 2%. Well, Reddish has a pretty solid role today. And Richardson, again, we're going to talk about that when we get to the Pelicans later on, but he started over Trey Murphy. And if you want to do it now, like I think you add him if that's what's going to happen. I didn't think they'd at all do that. Two games in, so all right, Trey Murphy, you're our... Guy, our young player that's been playing so well all season, but now you're getting benched for 30-year-old Josh Richardson. And, spoiler alert, didn't give him a win. So I don't really understand that move, but you know, I don't understand a lot of things NBA coaches do. Let's look at the most dropped players on waiver wires. Number one on that list is a surprise to me. Josh Green down 8%. They played today. Why would you have waited and then just before they played to drop him? I don't really get that. I'm not convinced he can maintain 12-team value. In fact, I think he's more likely to be a 14-team league guy, but I wouldn't have done it then. Terrence Mann uh, down 8%. Yep, that's okay. The Cockroach down 8%, the right move, but he's going to be really streamable for tomorrow, so I'd re-add him for tomorrow. Denny Avdia down 7%. If Beal is out, that will help him. Um, that, that will help him out, so I would, I would try and stream him for tomorrow. Tari preseason, yes, clear drop. Has been for weeks, but with no green, no porter tomorrow. Do they change things up at all? I wouldn't rule it out that Eason plays a little bit more tomorrow. Jeremy Sohan down 5%. Yeah, like he's in and out of lineups, man. Like he's not good enough to be a must-roster player. I don't think, especially in category leagues, I think you can have him in a points league, but the ins and outs, not that good. Ben Simmons down 4%. Yeah, clear drop. And Dorian Finney-Smith down 4%. Also a clear jack. Get that garbage out of here! Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is, you know, we all have 
things that we struggle with in our life. It's the stress of work. It's the stress of relationships. It's the stress of um, trauma, stress or whatever. And sometimes getting through that stuff is really hard and, and getting a professional to help you get through it is really, really important. So when you are at your best, that enables you to do great things. And we can't always be at our best if our mental state isn't at its best as well. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's go to the games. First one, Celtics and the Pacers. Um, somehow this game went to overtime. There's 142-138 Boston win it. And we saw the fully-fledged Celtics, no injuries. And some interesting things came out of it. Malcolm Brogdon played 37 minutes. He closed the game over Rob Williams and over Derek White and played in overtime. 24-5-7, and seven, two steals and five threes. Now, what I find interesting about that is that even when guys were out, when Brown and Smart were out, Brogdon wasn't playing that much. So, you know, is this just, let's pull something out of our ass and see what happens? Probably. But that's really interesting. Derek White, last time they were fully healthy, played 17 minutes. This time, 25. That's better, but 25 probably doesn't cut it. He had 17-3-2. That's pretty strong. Good usage. But the fact that he didn't play as a, in the closing lineup, the fact that he didn't play in overtime, and this was a game where Grant Williams played six minutes only, yeah, that gives me real worries about where Derek White is heading. Hold, but I think he's going to be a drop. Grant Williams is a very clear drop. Like, you shouldn't have been holding him in 12-team leagues anyway, but now he's a clear 12-team drop and 14-team drop. Well, Rob Williams. Ugh. Pretty yuck. Eight points, four rebounds, 26 minutes, one block. He's not going to play the 34 minutes a night he played last season under... Did he even play 34? He had stretches of playing 34 last night under Ima Yudoka. That's just not going to happen. But the fact that they're taking him out of closing lineups is a difference between Missoula and Yudoka. I think in a category league... I know I'm still holding him. In a points league, I'm not. His upside in a points league isn't good enough. He's still limited, obviously, by the injury. In a category league, I I am holding, no questions asked. Points league, not really. What's the point? He's averaging 25 fantasy points. Maybe he gets to 27. At this point of the season, honestly, playoffs start next week for a lot of people. What are you waiting for? You get much better value off the wire. 
Al Horford, putrid usage, 5%. He had seven points with seven rebounds and six assists. You've got to be punting points, really, to have him. You can't really get by any other way. But he still provides enough in those other areas if that's what you're doing. Tatum had some very, very iffy shooting, 36%, but 31, 12, and 7. And Jalen Brown had 30 and 11. JB, you've done it again. Um, Sam Hauser stayed in the rotation, played more minutes than Grant Williams. Something to watch. For the Pacers, still no Isaiah Jackson. Daniel Tice is the backup. That makes no sense. We know that. Um, Andrew Nempard had five points in 23 minutes as a starter. He went back to starting over TJ McConnell. We can easily drop him in 12 and 14 team leagues. And McConnell is very easily a 12 and 14 team league drop as well. He had four points in 14 minutes. Halliburton just did his thing, 22 and 14. But what about Miles Turner? Imagine getting this out of Miles Turner. 40 and 10 with eight triples and a block on 87% shooting. Just amazing. Benedict Matherin, really strong game from Humpty Dumpty. 19, 7, and 4, two threes, two steals, 50% shooting. We love the minutes. I'd love to see minutes consistency, and I'd love to see him do some of that other stuff like steals and assists, but that's a really good game. While Heald had 18 and 5. Neesmith played a lot of minutes. That's 30 plus in three straight games for Aaron, but we can't trust him. Nine points, no threes. He had two steals, he had three rebounds. He's not a 12 team league guy. The minutes are there, but the production, the rotation role isn't. Jordan War has come in, played 19 minutes straight away. Uh, every, he's playing minutes in every single game. That's hurting guys like Duarte and Nempard and those sort of players. Let's go to the second game. And there is quite a bit to talk about in this one. The Magic win it on a last second buzzer beating reverse offensive basket interference tip in by Wendell Carter Jr. 108-106, the Magic beat the Pistons. In fact, that lets me do this. In fact, I can just do it whenever, but I'm going to do it now because they won. Let's talk about the Pistons. They went with their same starting group. And did we get any clarity on Jalen Duran? I'd say yes and no. The passport legend, Jalen Duran, played 23 minutes. He had two points and eight rebounds on 20% shooting. So I'm not going to tell you, sit here and tell you he played well because he didn't. He was a minus 16, which was a team worst. He played like, he got benched early. Then he came back in with six minutes to go in the second quarter. He got two fouls in about 40 seconds, and then they took him out. So he played nine first half minutes. He ended with five fouls. And then after the game, Dwayne Case says, oh, I think, he's, uh, I think his ankle might be bothering him. This is shaping up to be complete nonsense from the Pistons in terms of how they run their rotation. Am I dropping Jalen Durant in a points league? I've got no real problem with that. Like his value, he's one of those players like so many centers, Rob Williams, whose value is like 40, 50 spots higher in a category league versus where it is in a points league. So if you're in a points league, don't worry about it. Like, drop him. There's no... With this nonsense, with his ankle injury, with the stupidest coach and stupidest GM and stupidest organization in the NBA, again, they're not stupid. They just do dumb things that I don't agree with. Um, it's very hard to trust him. I still think if I have him in a category league, look, this isn't good enough in a 12-team category league. It's not good enough. But I am going to hold. Is it the ankle? How long is that going to persist? Was it the early first half foul trouble? Because he played, what, 23 minutes. He had 14 second half minutes. If he plays 14 first half minutes, it's 28 minutes, which is about right. Like, I'd love him to play 31, but 28's about right. So then when we look at Wiseman, who played 24 minutes. And he had 8 and 10, and I thought was... I know he was a plus 16. I thought he was pretty bad in terms of on-court play. Um... 40% shooting for, for Wiseman. Like those extra minutes he got, the final five minutes of the first half, if he doesn't play that, he's a 19-minute reserve, which is not good enough for 12-team league. So I wouldn't have him in a 12-team league. I think he's still probably more of a 16-team league, Jim, than a 14, but I can get it in a 14-team league. But there's still so many factors involved here into what's going on with Duran. 
Was it that early foul trouble? Because again, if he just closed out the first, the second quarter without those two fouls in 40 seconds, he would have played 28 minutes and Wiseman would have played 19 and we'd be looking at it going, ah, all right, that's about normal. I have no idea what's going to happen when Marvin Bagley returns. Something stupid, no doubt, but I don't know what's going to happen there. So we need to watch all that stuff. Isaiah Stewart only played 27 minutes, 10 and 8 with two threes. I, I don't think that Wiseman impacts him really whatsoever. I don't think he's good enough to hold in a 12-team league so he can move on. Well, Jaden Ivey, this is a massive sell high for Jaden Ivey, and I'll tell you why, because people look at him and go, well, it's a rookie. Second half, post-All-Star, that person probably also will come out and tell you that someone hit a rookie wall while ignoring that most rookies get better. But they'll also use this for second half. He's figured it out. And again, when you look at the first number, 25 points, you go, yeah, it's good. 25 points, five threes, but he shot 69%. Giggity. That's just not real. He's Everything else is like what he normally does. Two rebounds, four assists, no steals. Two of four from the line. He shot five of seven from three. Just not real. Like he's probably going to be two of seven or three of seven most nights. And that leads him back to being 15, two and four. Which is fine, but it's not oh my God, look at this guy. We need to roster him. You can have, In a points league, he's been must roster all season. In a category league, he's not really there. But this was encouraging, and I get it, but I'd also see if someone wants to give me top 100 back, waiting for this big explosion. It probably doesn't happen, though. Alec Burks played 19 minutes. Alec Burke. It was good. 16-5 and 3, two steals and a block. Do not trust anyone doing that in 19 minutes. It's just not going to be re- replicable for Burksy, so don't get into that too much. Well, Hayes had 12, 3, and 5, which is okay. You have him for assists and steals. He didn't really bring it there. Um, the shooting wasn't terrible. I still think he is a 12-team league play. Also a stinker from Boyan Bogdanovich. Seven points on 25%, played 29 minutes. Really really was poor in this game. I would still hold him quite obviously. For the Magic, pre-game, um, I don't know I said pre-game then. Pre-game, uh, Jamal Mosley said that Isaac could be in his 12 to 14-minute limit. So, of course, he played 16 and a half. He had 10 and 7 with two steals and a block. That's a really good line. Like if you're a 25-minute-a-night player, like 10, 7, two threes, two steals and a block is amazing. It's unbelievable. He had eight points in the first four minutes though and then had two more points in the next 12 minutes. The two steals and one block, we know he brings it. He's been bringing steals at a really high rate. He's not really blocking shots like he used to. I still don't want to rely upon someone getting 16 minutes a night to be that level of score, a 67% shooter, 10 points in that time. And again, it came from early buckets in those first four minutes and then nothing else happened. And it wasn't because he wasn't hitting shots. It was because he didn't take any shots. For the like Barely took a shot for the final 12 minutes that he was on the court. So I still don't think that he's a 12-team head-to-head guy. I don't. Wendell had 14 and 14 with two blocks. France had 21 and five. He'd been a bit quiet, so that's good. While Fultz was also strong, 14, two and eight. What about the other nonsense? Paulo Bonquera, man, he, he's... I don't know, man. Is he is he getting towards a drop? I don't think so, but he's basically tall RJ Barrett at this point. 60% from the line, 31 from the field, no steals, no blocks, no threes. He had 11, 6, and 6. Maybe he's hitting the rookie wall and other rookies are pushing through it. Who knows? Still got to hold him, but it's very disappointing. I don't know why anyone is still holding. Who do you think I'm going to say? Bobo. Yeah, of course it is. Get that garbage out! Zero points in 16 minutes, played the fewest minutes of anyone in the rotation, while Jalen Suggs had two points in 21 on 13% shooting. Cole Anthony back hurt him. We don't need him in 12s. I don't think we need Cole either, who had 15 points, which is good, but only 18 minutes. It's very hard, again, to trust someone in that limited amount of playing time um, to be a regular contributor in 12-team leagues. I, I just don't think you can really rely upon that at all. Today's episode is also brought to you by Nissan. 
we're going to do the most electric player for the week. Now, it's hard because we haven't had games this week because this is the Nissan Aria electric player of the week. It's brought to you by... The, oh, that's what, what's I going to say? Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. I said that. I just said it in different words. Maybe I should have said it like that. So who is the most electric player of the week? I reckon, based on today's game, we haven't got to that game yet. So Jaron Jackson was pretty electric. His defensive ability was amazing. He was uh, he was shutting off the power to a lot of things that Philadelphia was trying to do. And I thought that he was amazing. He is like powerful. He's stunningly powerful, in fact. But he's also elegant. The shot blocking is amazing. He delivers on that duality, a combination of fierceness and elegance. It's beautiful, but strong. Much like the Nissan Aria, which is the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, let's... Go on to the next game. It is the Denver Nuggets and the old mates. Who are they? The Cleveland Cavaliers. That's it. Big win for the Nuggets. Effortless stuff from Jokic, really, in this game. They get the victory, 115-109. Let's play the song. Thirty-six minutes from Jokic, 24, 18, 13, two steals, elite percentages. He continues to be amazing. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. There's no Aaron Gordon in this one, so they didn't start Bruce Brown. They started Vlaco Chancha, and to me, that's the death knell for Bruce Brown. Get that garbage out of here! The fact that he didn't move in as the replacement starter, and that Reggie Jackson is there, and he had a, a one of the shit Richie Benos, Bruce Brown, a two point two rebound to assist game. Two for two, two, two. I would be okay dropping him. Absolutely no problem dropping him whatsoever. I would, I would drop him. Um, KCP was great. 17 points, four threes, three steals, two blocks, 100% shooting. His shooting has been unbelievable this season. And he's bringing big defensive stats. I wasn't convinced, but he's been awesome. And then the headmaster, Jamal Murray, returned. 16 points, nine assists, and two steals. Only 32% a bit off, but you know, we just love having him back. Maga Porter Jr. had 25 points with six dribbles. He is just such a weird player. It's 25 and six. Six threes and nothing else. That's not true. He had one block, but he's a points and threes guy with some rebounds as a power forward. As for Tom Bryant, two points in 12 minutes. Some people are still holding him. Absolutely no need for that. Surely it's no one here. And in 12-team leagues, some people still have Reggie Jackson, who had seven points on 25% shooting. Um, you don't need to be rostering him. I think Christian Brown might be on the way out of the rotation. I think Jackson might be replacing him. He had eight minutes in this game, or it could be Chanchar, who played 26 and had 10 points. But I thought Flacco is he's playing all right. For the Cavs, Mobley. Talked about this yesterday. Say, hey, we just want to watch Mobley. Is he elevating? And the answer is yes. 31 and 9, two threes, a steal on a block. Usage up, production up. He looks great. It's him 
Mitchell and Garland, who are taking every shot, basically. And rightfully so. He's dominating at the moment, Big Evan. Don Mitchell had 22-3-3 with four steals, and Garland had 22-1-5 on 35%, which is a bit unfortunate. And Allen had 14-13 and on sort of cleanup duty. But what happened at the wing position? Well, we saw Okoro lose minutes to Danny Green before the break, and then he played 20 minutes in this one, but Green didn't even play. That's a gigantic red flag for Isaac Okoro. There was some appeal as a streamer for 12s at one point. He's looking like a 14-team league guy. He's looking like none of those at the moment. So I wouldn't bother with him in anything outside of like 16-teamers. Osmond got the 27 minutes. But next game, remember, Ricky Rubio and Denny Green are likely to play. So it's going to hurt some of these guys a lot. And we did get 14 cameo Lamar Stevens minutes, which aren't going to stick. And we got 32 minutes from Karis LeVert, which weren't particularly effective. But to Karis's, um, or sorry, Dracaris's, um credit. Dracaris. Dracaris. He only had a usage of 8%. He had nine assists, which is strong, but yeah, you got to do more than that. And that 32 minutes isn't going to stick each night for uh, Levert, I wouldn't have thought. Dean Wade, only eight minutes. He was playing like 20 a night and he's sort of pushed way back. He might end up being out of the rotation at some point um, coming up here as well. The next game was a cracker, actually. Big comeback from the Sixers to beat the Grizzlies, 110-105. There was no Steven Adams. There was no Luke Kennard. Jaron Jackson, though, amazing. 33 minutes, 18-9, and nine, one steal, four blocks. He only shot 31%, but his defensive stuff and some of the blocks, or one of the blocks in particular, amazing. Des Bain started out red hot, fell away a little bit, but still really good, 25-8 and eight with four threes. And Dylan Brooksy Brooks had 11 points on sub-35% shooting. Have you heard that before? I don't know. I don't know what to do with these centers. In fact, I do know what to do. You don't do anything with them. Brandon Clark started and had played 15 minutes, had two points. Xavier T. T. Ullman played 32 minutes off the bench, eight and 12 with two steals and a block. And it's to that situation where you can't predict the minutes every night. Those guys are borderline at best. Like if they played 30 a night, either one of them, you go, yeah, maybe they're 12, 10 league guys. Yeah, they probably are. They probably are. But I can't trust that every single night. So it makes it really hard to have them. Like you can't even come in and say, well, look, Clark's been announced as a starter. I'm going to add him. Now, we did have early fouls and matched up against Embiid, but that's what we talk about. We thought, okay, they're going to use big centers. They're going to use Tillman against big centers. No, they started Clark, and then he got in foul trouble, and they just ran with Tillman. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't have no idea what they're doing. And Adams probably isn't too far away. So I wouldn't worry about having Tillman or Clark or try and chase which one's going to do which on each night. I just don't think it's reliable. Um, shocking shooting from Ja Morant, 15 points on 19%. But he at least went 9 of 10 from the line and had two steals. But definitely not a particularly strong game. He is uh, almost outside the top 50 for category leagues this season. And that's just the issues with his game. The subpar field goals, free throws, lack of steals, lack of threes. Um, does hurt him overall in category leagues, for sure. Points leagues, we know he's a borderline first league guy. First round guy. But for category leagues, he just isn't there. Aldama had six points in 15 minutes. He is still rostered in 12-10 leagues for a reason I don't really get. Jim Harden for the Sixers, unbelievable. 31-7-7, two blocks, six triples, 63%. He was ridiculous here. Well, Embiid struggled and put up 27-19-6 and six with six blocks. Like, he, he actually did struggle. He shot 28% from the field and 77 from the line and still put up that line. Unbelievable stuff. Torres Maxey also struggled, but unlike Embiid, he's got no real ability to fill up any other category. He had 16, 2, and 4. He didn't hit a 3. He shot 33 from the field. He is a hold, but barely. And I think we've got to do it. The wave pulled Anthony Melton. Get that garbage out of here! He did have five fouls. That kept his minutes down. But he was scoreless. And there's just not enough trust there. I'm not trusting that he's playing 26 minutes a night every night. He will have better nights. If you're in a points league, like you should have dropped him ages ago. But in a category league, I think you can move on. 
I think you can move on. There's just too many moving parts and pieces in this rotation. Yes, and again, the five fouls is an issue. Shout out Revenge Games. There is you know, too much up and down for me to worry about. Ugh, good game, bad game, good game, bad game. PJ Tucker played 32 minutes. Well, the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Good 20-point game. Efficient scoring. Low usage, which is one of the things we wanted to watch for. The usage is probably going to stay low. But he had 20 with four threes. No steals. One block. Good, because he'd been struggling. I'm still not sure where he's going to land rest of season. The next game was the Pelicans and the Raptors. The Raptors went at 115-110. As I said, they started... Josh Richardson over Trey Murphy. Let's talk Trey Murphy. Nine points, 23 minutes. He might get the starting job back. I don't care. We don't have time to waste. See you later. Get that garbage out of here. Larry Nance. Get that garbage out of here. 3.6 rebounds. You know what I've said about Nance the whole time. When Zion's there, sure. If not, no. Valanchunas played 29 minutes. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. And he was mid. 12 and 12 with not much else going on. Ingram was great, 36-7 and seven with five threes. But let's talk Richardson. Started, played 29 minutes, 11 points, three assists, three steals, two threes. It's good enough to add him. I had never for a million years that I think, you know what, they're going to start Josh Richardson over Trey Murphy. I'm not really sure the point of it, to be honest, but they did it. I don't know how long it's going to last, but stream him in. No, I was wrong. I thought there's no way he can maintain value in New Orleans. And it looks like, at this early stage, that I'm wrong. I'm still not convinced of it, though. Herb Jones, two points, one steal, two blocks. Nothing changes about Herb Jones. You get him for steals, occasional block, and that's not for everybody. And in points leagues, no way is he a 12-team league player. Not even close. 23, 4, and 5 for McCullum. Um, well, Alvarado had 7 in 15. For the Raptors, they started... Well, we thought we were going to get, hey, what's going to happen with this rotation? And then, last minute, Fred VanVleet out for personal reasons. Now, someone did say, I think his partner went into labor, so that's why he missed, but we don't know that for sure. So we still don't know who's getting benched. Because they went back and they started Barnes at point guard and Trent and Ananobi back in the starting lineup. Scotty played 41 minutes, had 18, 5, and 3, 3 steals and a block. Great game. The big fella, the big man in the middle, one of the best buy lows ever. <laughs> if you bought low on him when the nonsense was happening with the Spurs, you are getting absolutely kissed on the dick. 21 and 18, 3 steals, a block, 82% shooting from Yucca Pirtle. I said that if he played Nick Nurse minutes, we might get a top 30 player. <sighs> we might. He had 5 fouls here. He could have played more. He could have been bigger. It's going to be huge, I think, for him rest of the season. Siakam had 26... Sorry, Pascal Shaquem had 26, 4, and 5 in 38 minutes, while Gaz Trent had 18 points. But in true Gaz style, not a lot else. Two steals is good, but 38% shooting, much like Ananobi with 39%, is a bit of a worry. I don't know what direction they're going to go here, who's going to move when Van Vliet comes, to the, um, comes back in, but I think they're all going to maintain solid enough value. And OG had 12 and 6, two steals and a block. You can go ahead and... Um, it's always good to get a Raptors to get jacked, isn't it? Get that garbage out of here! I didn't even tell you who I was doing it for, but guess. Is it Precious or is it Boucher? Nah, it's both. Six and six for Precious in 20 minutes, one of the clearest drops of all time. And Boucher had nine and eight in 23 minutes. As soon as Pirtle was acquired, Precious was a drop. That was clear. And Boucher is a drop now. Van Vliet's going to come back and make it even harder for him. They actually played Jeff Doughton over Fred Van Vliet. Oh, no, Fred Van Vliet. Over Malachi Flynn in this game. Five points in 19 minutes for Doughton. For all of you uh, big Doughton fans out there. Right, this next game, uh, real blowout stuff here from the Mavericks over the Spurs. 142 Dallas, 116 San Antonio. The big fella, Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey. 19 minutes, 16 and 7. Must add 14-team league player. 
That's a 12-team line. I don't trust that to happen every game, obviously, but he's on the 12-team watch list for sure. Brannon played 35 minutes. Actually, let's just, before we do that, let's go through who was out. Sohan, Langford, Jones, Vassell, Roby. There's three starters out there, Sohan, Jones, and Vassell. So we've got to keep that in mind with a lot of these guys. Like Branham, who played 35 minutes and had 23-2-5 on 53%, but he also attempted 17 shots with a 27 usage and was minus 21. I just don't see that role for him every single night. It's great at the moment. Use him, no problem. But long-term, I don't see it. Same with Devontae Graham, who had 10 points in 28 minutes with five assists. Not a long-term option. Zach Collins, even though Bassey played well, was still good. 13 and 12, three assists, 12-team league guy. And Keldon Johnson, the old horse himself. Whose horse is that? 22, 8 and 7. Great getting seven assists out of him. And great from the field. Unfortunately, 63 from the line, but otherwise really strong. I just continue to think this team is going to be a mess as we move forward. The Branham stuff, it's going to require like Sohan and Langford and Jones and Vassell being out. Um, Bassey was great here. He could move into 12-team ad territory. And if he wanted to take, do it now, I don't mind it. I just don't think he's going to be consistently getting 23 minutes a night, nor shooting 88% from the field, which he did in this game. But he's absolutely someone to watch. Deep Leagues will also want to watch a little bit of Blake Wesley, nine points with two threes. But again, with so many guards out, it's hard to yeah, feel particularly strong moving forward. Bates Diop had 15 and 6 with two triples. He's okay as a deeper league guy, but he's going to lose out a lot when these players return. For the um, Mavs, Luka 28, 7 and 10, two steals, two blocks. Kyrie 23, 1 and 6. Good games from those guys. But let's talk negative because Josh Green struggled. 26 minutes, 11 points, two threes. Um, you talked about it at the start. You know, we were sort of borderline. The return of Tim Hardaway played 26 minutes. The addition of Justin Holiday played 21 minutes. Hurts him. I don't think there's enough high upside in Josh Green to be a 12-team league guy, so if you want to drop him, go ahead. As for Holiday, nice 16-team league ad. 15 points, 21 minutes. It is against the Spurs. He took only seven shots, and he hit 71% of them. That's five out of seven. Two steals is nice, but he's going to play a regular role, and that's good enough for deeper leagues. The Crucifix, 22 minutes for Christian Wood, 16 and 7 with two blocks. We're not dropping him because he's still producing, but I'm not sure there's much minutes upside there. While Powell had 10 and 8 in 27, and we also got... Uh, 22 points for Timmy in 26 minutes, Tim Hardaway. That's still only deeper league stuff for Hardaway. He's not to be trusted outside of, oh, I'm really desperate for um, points or threes in a streaming type situation. All right, let's do the next one. Overtime, the Thunder and the Jazz. The Jazz win it. Larry Market in free throws, get him over the line. 121-19. Shea was amazing, 41 minutes. 39-8-7, two steals and a block. That's just standard for him. And then this is a bunch of weirdness. Giddy was pretty good, 18 and 11, but a horrible shooting from the field and the line really hurts. He had two steals, which is strong. It was also a stinker in relatively. No, actually, no, it was a shit game. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Nine, six, and two with the steals, not good enough, right? We're still holding him, obviously, but that's not a particularly good game. It was a good game from Pig Williams, the other Jalen Williams, the center Jalen Williams, who started at center for the third consecutive game. 27 minutes, 11 and six with three threes. I'm not getting too excited here, and he had 12% usage, and there's still a lot of other names there. But if I'm in like a 14-team league, I'm considering it. It was a good game from the Oklahoma City Mudflap, Kendrick Williams. 28 minutes, 16, 4, and 3. Got really hot in one stretch. Don't overreact too much there. And then you know, Isaiah Joe had 5 points. Um, Trey Mann had 6 points. Like Not much exciting there. Sharich only played 12 minutes, and Robinson Earl only played 11. So they are looming. They could play more minutes, and that would hurt Pig Williams. Lou Dort. 
Good points league game. 11-11-4, steal on a block, but 29% shootings, which always hurts him. He's a good streamer on days when you need to stream someone in, but not someone that I'd look at as a 12-team must. For the Jazz, wow. No Colin Sexton, and then Rudy Gay left after about three minutes with a broken nose. They started Horton Tucker, and 18% shooting is dreadful. But the rest is really good. 35 minutes, 9, 7, and 6, two steals and a block. That field goal percentage is rough, but he is a 12-team league guy while Sexton is out, and we'll see what happens after that. For those of you in deep leagues, Chris Dunn, 17 minutes in his first game. Now, he's on a two-way contract, so don't... Not two-way, sorry, a 10-day contract. Don't expect too much, but 11 points, two steals, 26 usage. He was a minus 11. Don't add him in 12 or 14-team leagues. Maybe you want to look in 16, maybe. Markinen had 43 and 10 with three threes. Massive game. 10 of 10 from the line. But am I burying the lead here that Walker Kessler was amazing? 37 minutes, some key plays at the end of your overtime. Seven points only, but who cares? 18 boards and seven blocks. 75% shooting. He continues to be unbelievable. He is a must-roster player very clearly and has been for a long time. So is Kelly Olenek. 12 and 7, two steals, a block, two threes. 32 minutes and Jordan Clarkson, the man on the street. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. He had 24, 4, and 6. Damian Jones got the backup minutes over as Yujoka uh, as a UK. So deeper leagues, look at him. He was not good. Zero points with five rebounds. But in deeper leagues, that might be important. Well, Agbaji hit three threes. He had 12 points. One of his better games, actually, 12, 4, and 3. But there's just not enough there for him to be anything more Oshai than a like four to, or probably even 16-team league guy. Not really even a 14-team league player, I don't think. All right, last two games were pretty big blowouts. Let's go to the Blazers against the Kings first. Sacramento 133, Portland 116. We all know the situation. Maybe you don't. That Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant were out due to rest. And people go, rest? They just had nine days off. How are they resting for? Let's talk about this on the pregame show or one of those shows earlier today. They were stuck on the tarmac for seven hours yesterday. They didn't get to Sacramento. They yeah, stuck another four or five hours today. They didn't get to Sacramento until four days, four hours, sorry, before game time. They already knew they were undermanned. It was a terrible travel situation. And Grant's just coming off a concussion. He's their second most important player. And Lillard's their most important player. And without that standard rest, recovery, pregame prep, the risk of injury, I'm guessing this is what happened. It's not, they're not resting. Oh, man, they're too tired to play. That's not what happened. The team went, these guys are too important to our rest of season hopes to put them through a situation which increases their injury risk enough where it's just not worth us playing them. That's what happened. They weren't too tired from the break. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't tanking. It was the fact they didn't get to the game until four hours before the game. That's what happened. So they had a weird lineup. The thing I take away from this is that even with all those players out, Shaden Sharp played 22 minutes. That's really bad. We thought he'd be a chance to sh start with um, Simons out. I'm not so sure now. Nine points on 29%. We already talked about how he had a horrific fantasy profile so far this season. And in those games where he played with Lillard and Grant, he had low usage. And now we can't even start with those guys out. Maybe there's a bit of preservation going on with Sharp there as well. So if you did add him, maybe wait till next game because this is far from a normal performance. But it's not great. Nine points for him uh, in those 22 minutes. They started Archie Jackano. He played 34 minutes, 9, 6, and 6 with three threes. He might get the backup role with Simons out, but I don't really care too much. Well, Keon Johnson, he's the guy I'd be interested in. 16 points, three steals, three as a Blazers person, not as a fantasy guy. 16 points for Keon, six, three threes, three steals, three assists. Cam Reddish, maybe he's the guy. 24, 4, and 4, two steals, and three threes. Took a lot of shots. He's not going to have that level of shooting. Um, he was bad plus minus, but getting that role... And replacing Simons looks like it's possible. And maybe he's an out. I'm not fully sold on it. Maybe he is. I'm more sold on Reddish than I am on Little. Little was great. 
26, 3, and 2, four steals and a block. The fact that it's taken this long to get him to play at all with Chauncey Billups, who I think has mismanaged him quite a bit this season, um, is infuriating. Now, again, he's just not going to be a usage player or play this many minutes most nights. So don't overreact to this. But this was encouraging. Keep his name sort of on the on your radar there. Eubanks had eight and seven, nothing great there, but he's still a soft hold. Well, Thibault just this is who he is. Five and four with two steals. He's a steal specialist. Nothing else is going to change. He's not going to become an offensive maestro. He's not going to become a shooting legend. None of that's going to happen. He's just a steals specialist. And for points leagues, that doesn't matter at all. For category leagues, it does have value, but it's got to be for the right team. For the Kings, hard to read a lot into this. We only got 26 minutes out of De'Aaron Fox. He had 31 points. He was great. But yeah, everyone just, look, 73%. This team shot 54% as a team. It's ridiculous. We got... 18 minutes of Terrence Davis. He scored 20. We got 10 points out of Kevin Herter in 26 minutes. We got 15 points in 21 minutes for Malik Monk. Does Terrence Davis even play each night? I don't know. I think that the Monk, Herter, Davis, even Keegan Murray mix makes all of them worthy streams, but none of them must roster 12-team leaguers. And same with Harrison Barnes, the pencil. I'll try that again. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. We had 15 points in 24 minutes. Hard to read a lot into this because of the nature of the game, but there's just too many options there. And like guys like Murray, not great permanent producers. Barnes, not a great permanent producer. Herder, not a great permanent producer. And if the minutes are going to fluctuate and shooting fluctuates, it's hard to tie yourself to one of those guys and go, yeah, he's going to be my player uh, as we move forward. So I think in essence, if you want to have Murray, sure. If you want to have Barnes, sure. If you want to have Herder, sure. If you want to have Monk, sure. I'm not really feeling strongly either way there. And I think all of them are droppable. All of them are streamable. All of them are rosterable. I wouldn't want to have more than one of them on my team, but they're all sort of fitting perfectly into the worst player in your team sort of role, the 13th best guy, which of course always makes them droppable for a stream option. All right, and the last game was really a lot of the same. The Lakers blow out the Warriors. The game was over, like, really early. I think it was like eight minutes of garbage time in this game. The final score, 124-111. Doesn't really indicate how far apart these teams were in this one. There was no uh, Andy Wiggins, no Steph Curry. So they started Kaminga and benched Looney. Looney still played 20 minutes and had 15 rebounds with 71%. This is what he is. He gets rebounds with high field goal percentage. Anything else you get is a bonus, and it doesn't, really appear to matter what his minutes are, whether they're 26 or 20. Still fine to have for that purpose. Ty Jerome, Milk, he played 30 minutes. He had 20 points. That's a garbage time special. Don't care. It looks like Clay is going to play the back-to-back tomorrow. 22 points for him with two steals, while Poole had 16. And a stinker from DiVincenzo, just five points on 29%, but he brought the steals. Three steals and a block. I don't think he's got long-term value, but with Wiggins and Steph both out, we roll with him. Kaminga, eh. 10, 3, and 5, 25 minutes, even with Wiggins out. I wouldn't feel particularly comfortable with using Kaminga in a 12-team situation. But if you added him for the back-to-back, roll with him. You get another opportunity tomorrow. We've got you know, 10 minutes of Patrick Baldwin. That's how you know it was a blowout. 11 points for him with three threes, while um, Draymond had 6, 11, and 5. For the Lakers, Austin Reeves was great. 17 points, perfect shooting, four assists, and two steals. I don't really trust that, though. And Malik Beasley. This is what he, what he is. 25 points and seven threes. He shot well, 56% from the field, 64 from three. The three steals are a nice touch. If you want points and threes, he's always a good option. But we know he gets cold, and we know that he doesn't do much else. So he's fine, but understand that it's not going to happen every game. D'Angelo Russell got injured. They said that x-rays were fine, and he's going to be day today, so that's good news. But that means you can consider restreaming Dennis Schroeder. 13 points, six assists, a steal on a block. Not overly excited with him but there is an opportunity if Russell misses games. 
LeBron only played 26 minutes, 13, 9, and 8. Davis had 12 and 12. But again, what are we taking out of this game considering how much of a blow it is? I will take out of it that Vanderbilt only played 18 minutes. He had 4 and 9. He's a good rebounds guy. Maybe a little bit like Kevon Looney. Rebounds with some steals. But I don't think that he's necessarily a must. Definitely not for points leagues. But he's not a must roster 12-team category league guy either. We got a double-double out of Mo Bamba, 10 and 13. But again, garbage time special really skewed a lot that was happening in that game and in the Blazers-Kings game. Lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night does go to Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Your waiver wire is Nasir Little. Your young gun is Evan Mobley in the dud of the night is the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton. Top 10 in category leagues for today, number one, was Jokic, followed by Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, DeMontis Sabonis, Doncic, Markinen, Harden, Brogdon, Tatum, and Evan Mobley. Your top 10 players rostered in under 10, 50% of leagues. Nasir Little, number one. Look, hard to read. Look, sorry, let's try again. Little at one, Reeves at two, Reddish at three. Those games are all gigantic blowouts with weird situations in the Portland one. I'm not reading massive amounts into that, although I am interested a little bit in Reddish. Number four was Burks. Don't buy it. Number five is Bassey. Buy it a little bit. Definitely in 14 teams. Terrence Davis, blowout. Dennis Schroeder, maybe with Russell out, we could consider that. John Isaac, really good performance, but skewed heavily by that scoring burst at the start. The defensive stuff was nice, and he is producing steals on a consistent basis. I'm just not sure we ever get 20 minutes a night. Justin Holiday played a lot in his first game for Dallas and was really good. That's a nice deeper league stream. And then Joshy Richardson, who I don't mind as a 12-team league ad. I don't know if they're going to persist with him over Trey Murphy. It makes no sense to me. But if they're going to do it, we've got to pay attention to it. Your top 10 in points leagues. Number one was Embiid, followed by Shea, Jokic, Doncic, Tatum, Sabonis, Halliburton, Pirtle, Markinen, and Jim Harden. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up. And you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.